I'm going to keep it close. I'm going to say 24 to 21 49ers. Okay, I got 27-21 Chiefs. Michael Pittman Jr. is on the other side, and I tend to feel uh, a little nervous about my pick now because this guy knows no. these teams well. Thanks to Toyota and the brand new Toyota Tacoma, we'll be broadcasting from the NFL Media Center in Las Vegas from the most badass set in all of Radio Row. That's right, the all new 2024 Toyota Tacoma with its trail dominating power, legendary capability and captivating style is arriving in dealerships. And it's arriving at the 2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas as we are helping Toyota launched the all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma. That's right. It's going to be right next to me. You'll be able to see the all-new best-selling midsize pickup in America featured on the Greenlight podcast set recorded from the Tacoma Content Studio. The all-new Toyota Tacoma dares you to come out and play. The all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma, the most powerful Tacoma ever, is your chance to experience trail-dominating power, legendary capability, and captivating style. It's time to make your off-roading dreams come true. With the 2024 Toyota Tacoma, a truck that's tough on the trail and easy on the eyes, electrifying power, maximum torque, the all-new Toyota Tacoma is the most powerful Tacoma ever. Toyota, the official automotive partner of the NFL. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Coming to you from the NFL's Radio Row at Super Bowl 58. We're hanging out here, Las Vegas. We have a blast and a half. We're at the Toyota stage. We've got a Tacoma in our set. A literal Tacoma is on set with us. Chris wants to take it home. We're going to see if that happens. Great show for you today. We've got a couple guests that stopped by our set, and we've got Chris Bow and Nate hanging out and having a good time recapping the Vegas adventures for you. Trey McBride is the first one. He talks to Chris for a little while about Kyler and the 2023 Cardinal season. Then we welcome on Jake Laser. He's going to talk about being an insider in the NFL, some Howie Long stories from their days together at Fox. And then we welcome on Michael Pittman Jr., Colts wide receiver. He's going to talk about the Colts season. He's even going to give a Super Bowl prediction at the end. So enjoy the show. It's a lot of fun. We're going to have another show for you tomorrow. Check out the Greenlight YouTube channel for all these interviews as well. We're going to have a blast. Stay tuned in with us. Thanks. Let's kick this thing off. For anybody milling around listening, we are the Green Light Pod. I'm your host, Chris Long. Uh, I, I did play football. I played for the uh, the Rams, the, the Patriots, and the Eagles. Got a chance to do this a couple times uh, as a player. There's nothing like it. Uh, also, Bo Allen with me. He was on the Eagles. Uh, Birds. I'm the, I'm the only one that haven't done this. This is my first. This is my first one. And Dr. Facts, also known as Nate Collins, <laughs> is uh, is soaking this in because he hadn't gotten a chance to do this as a as a player. So, 
Listen, we, uh, we're based out of Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. Nate lives uh, down the road from me. Bo is, uh, is in Florida and in, in Minnesota uh, yep. and uh, does some film breakdowns with us. He joins us on the pod a bunch. So this is like the core group. There's a couple guys that aren't here. My brother Kyle, who also played in the NFL, just had his second baby yesterday. Hey, so he doesn't Kyle. get to, to hang out with us Super Bowl week. Uh, father of two now, girl dad. Uh, so Kyle, we'll send some love out to you. Uh, wish you were here. Guys, like, where do we start? Um, we start with explaining why we're here and who we're here with. Toyota. Um, this is an awesome setup. Listen, I'm, you're going to hear more from Toyota later in the show, but a lot of times when you get offered opportunities to partner with corporations, you're like, oh, that's cool. They got a cool product. Uh, and, you know, we're getting paid for this, but... Today's different because I drive a Toyota. I am a Toyota guy. I got an FJ62. You've been in my red FJ62. The thing's sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had an FJ Cruiser. I've driven a 4Runner. I drive a, a Toyota Tundra. And once you drive a Toyota, I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting here with this beautiful Tacoma behind me, but it drives better. We're going to Marshawn Lynch this Tacoma around Radio Row. We should Marshawn Lynch this, this Toyota, dude. <laughs> yeah. um, Getting the keys. In the but it just drives different. I've been in Chevys. I've been in Fords. I've, you know, like I just I, I appreciate the way a Toyota drives. And the way it's explained to me is you could probably, the Toyota's going to outlast me. You know, I, yeah. that thing's going to be on the road. That's not saying much, Chris. <laughs> That's not saying much, especially not after a week like this. Exactly. So let's start there. You know, we get in on a Tuesday. Yep. You know, I got my wife Meg with me. I, t I told you guys to scram. Your beautiful, your lovely wife. My Meg. lovely wife Meg. We, we, I said, scram, guys. You got to find something to do. Me and Meg yeah. are going to dinner. I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to try to get seven, eight hours sleep because I think that's the key. When you get a place like this, you need a soft landing. Yeah. You know, I got out, had a couple uh, Habiki highball. Ooh. Yeah, and 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 uh, and some Casa Plata Azul, some some uh, tequila, and had about three, four drinks. Classy. Headed to bed. Yeah. So, what'd you guys do last night? Had a few Moscow mules, and I was not gonna lie, I was down. I was down early in bedding. Yeah. But currently, I am up. And I'm thinking about not gambling for the rest of the trip. Yeah, I don't that's, know not gonna that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, He's not going to gamble anymore. I I don't play the tables. You know that. Uh, yeah, I do. You do. Yeah, I How'd didn't you go do, great. Not How'd great. you do last night? Yeah, So, but I was happy with my performance. I'm a classic night one hero. You know when you have like a weekend wedding? Yeah. You get in Friday night, welcome yeah. dinner. That's usually like where I'm most hyped. So I was trying to kind of pump the brakes a little bit last night. I did not do well at the tables. I know. I, I haven't asked, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> some of our uh, producers, especially Matt, was probably <laughs> awake this morning uh, still playing poker. He lost $500 hey. last night. Yikes. Uh, so not a good start for Matt. That's like the equivalent of uh, being on script and getting pick sixth. Yeah. Uh, your, first, your first night in Vegas. Um, we got in last night. I, you know, for people out here, I, I do Inside the NFL, which is a, it's a fun show. Uh, I do it with Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, uh, depending on what you want to call him, uh, Channing Crowder, Ryan Clark, Jay Cutler. We had our show yesterday in Philly. We do it every week in Philly. We took a team plane out here. 
It was awesome. Like, we don't really live, like, Amazing. hot shots a lot. Oh, yeah, I missed man. that flight, Chris. I was in economy, baby. You oh, had an Delta. opportunity, bro. You wanted to fly Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to live with the people, man. Well, listen, you did, and we were total elitists, and uh, we had this big plane and piled on there, had a great time, landed, and a uh, couple, couple of the news items that I wanted to hit that were non-football this week, guys, and you tell me what you think about all these things. Um, oh, I know which one I want to talk about. The coyote? Yes. We got to talk about the coyote attack. <laughs> okay. And I just want to put the, my cards on the table. I think I think a coyote, I think probably, you know, the question, like, how many fifth graders yeah. would it take to, you know, I think it probably takes seven coyotes to take me down. Seven? The fact that, seven? No seven, dude. No way. Wow. What's the movie with Liam Neeson, The Gray? You That's, know what I'm talking about? Those are wolves, bro. Those are gray wolves, dude. Those are huge. He's taking on a whole pack, and that's Liam Neeson, bro. A coyote is like this big. It's like a domestic dog. I think seven coyotes would. So I think the, the real story, the lead that we're burying here is that somebody see, this on is... one of these teams couldn't handle a single coyote. Yeah. No, and see, that is this a concern. Is, this is why people get bit for thinking like that. It's a dog. I, I, I feel like, why are you even close enough to a coyote to get bit? And then secondly, I, I feel like the, the person who got bit probably had the mindset of you. Like, oh, I like this thing can't take No, me. I'm not going to pet a coyote, but uh, if a coyote's going to get aggressive with me. Coyote's a wild animal. It, it definitely ran him down, bro. It was endurance hunting. Here's what I want to know. Where was this individual that he got attacked by a coyote? I think there's a park where there's, like, coyotes, like, roaming out here, right? Yeah, but... Lake Las Vegas. What was a player doing in Lake Las Vegas? That's what I want to know. That's like, you know, I know you got <laughs> you got bit by a coyote. I know that's part of this story, but like, let me get the other half. Like, why were you walking around in Lake Las Vegas? Um, well, the thing for me, Chris, is like, you know how it is. You're getting ready for the biggest game of your life. You got everyone in the training room getting their in, in their routine, getting their <laughs> massages, their acupuncture, yeah. getting their ice and stim, yeah. and then you got someone walking in with a goddamn coyote bite. Like trainer, rabies. Yeah. What do we? Yeah. What do you do if you're? If you're I have no idea. Trainer, someone walks into the training room with a coyote bite. Do you got? You have to get like rabies shots, probably. I or think something? you probably got to get rabies shots, sure. and I kind of wonder how much that complicates this week for that player. <laughs> but um, on the injury report, just listed Travis Kelsey questionable. Do coyote we have a bite. guess at who it might be? I have no idea. Is Kadarius Tony? I on the just trip? was gonna say that. <laughs> I just, yo, you took it out, <laughs> out of my mouth. Do you think Kadarius Tony was trying to feed the coyotes or something? Like he was late for a meeting. He was at Lake Las Vegas, and he got attacked by a coyote. Just add that to the long list of things that have happened to that guy this year. Or, oh, unofficial report: it was Kadarius Tony. That's or, that's what. It, or yeah, it was another receiver, and Kadarius totally might get called might up. Get Call it up and make some big plays. <laughs> next, next man up. <laughs> All right, so that's the thing about this week is like there's a lot of distractions. Coyote's not usually one of them, but like I've, I've tell you from playing in this game, and I've said this before in this podcast, it feels like you're in a fishbowl. Yep. The minute you land, you go up to the hotel room, and my favorite three hours of the week during an NFL season was right when we got on the road, get in that quiet hotel room, lay down on the bed, don't even touch the remote, Mario Lopez, extra, extra, <laughs> for three hours, man. Three like hours. I'm just studying my, my, my film, scrolling through my phone, extra, maybe laying on the extra, bed. Extra, extra, extra. <laughs> but, like, that quiet time is not available to you when you play in the Super Bowl. When you get to the Super Bowl, I got up to my room. I vividly remember my first year in, 
in New England when we went up to Houston to play the Super Bowl, got up to my room and I could hear helicopters, I could hear fans outside, I could hear people in the hotel lobby. There was no quiet. And, you know, like, it is truly a fishbowl situation where you cannot get time to yourself. Even when you're alone, you don't feel alone. There's a bunch of media, you know, engagements and, you know, there's Radio Row. And I think what the gravity of the situation really occurs to you when, you know, and I've already, just as a media member, met people from all over the world here today. This is the most popular sport in America, but it's also a growing sport globally. And when NFL Mexico or people from Japan or people from Germany are Brazil. asking you questions, Brazil. Brazil. The Eagles are playing in Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. Worldwide, baby. What are the chances we actually go to Brazil? Yo, we gotta go. I think high. We have to go. I think high. You guys are going to talk me and my wife into going to Brazil. I'll work on Meg yes. tonight. We'll, yeah, because like we'll that's, that's going to be, hey, babe, I'm going to Sao Paulo. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with the, the kids this week. <laughs> like, I don't think that's going to fly. You never know, man. You never know. So this week's tough. You know, like every day it's a different engagement. Even on Friday nights when I can remember trying to like watch film and Jim Schwartz came in yeah. Friday night and I think I'm alone. Right, I finally got that moment to myself, and Jim's like, "What are you doing, man?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" I'm watching film. He's like, "Jeffrey Lurie's got this party we all are supposed to go to. It's Friday night. We're in the Mall of America. Nobody's been outside in a week because it's zero degrees. Everybody's sick that week. You know, guys are getting IVs. You could only really walk through the mall. You couldn't go outside. But suffice to say, like, there's something every every night, and there's things that like are in the way of your preparation. This, I saw. this is what I was saying, Chris. Is like people don't understand. It's also week 21 for these guys. Yes. Like the emotional drain, physical drain, and the physical drain yeah. of the season. Like you just feel so fried at the end of the year, physically. And then it's, you, you try to do all, everything you can to get in your routine. You know that you kind of established during the course of the season to play the best game of your career. You know, at the biggest stage, and there's so much shit going on in the Super Bowl, you can't even focus. I think that's why it favors the guy, the, the teams that have been there and yeah. the teams that know the situation. And, like, I'll just say this. I just interviewed Trey McBride, who I think is an awesome player. I love watching Trey play. Tight end for the Cardinals. And we were talking about, you know, he's a younger guy. Like, the Chiefs, to him and his generation, are like the Patriots to our generation. And I understand that people don't want to see those teams win. I like excellence. I love Patrick Mahomes. I'm a sucker. I, Patrick allows me to be a fan. Yeah. Like, I really am like a fan of what he does. I'm in awe. So often as a media member, you get so caught up in the narratives. You get caught up in doing your content and trying to stay neutral. But you can be honest about Patrick Mahomes and be a fan and be in awe of him. So I, I root for the Chiefs. I, you know, like, I love the Niners. I love those guys. There's some great players. But I'm a Chiefs fan. They have been here. Uh, repeatedly, and I, I said this all year, my legs were tired from standing on the table for these guys, and I, I don't get a lot right, but when I get it right, I gloat, and I've been right about the Chiefs, you know, picked them through the playoffs, there were people who said, hey, they're not going to beat the Ravens, hey, they're not going to go to Buffalo, Mahomes has never won on the road, if you look at his road home splits in the NFL, they're not much different, he's just Patrick Mahomes, and I think what's also interesting is evaluating quarterbacks in today's day and age. I think it's very unfair to a lot of quarterbacks to dock them because they are alive at the same time that Patrick Mahomes is. It's like the Jordan thing. We have Charles Barkley on Inside the NFL yesterday. Because Jordan existed, a ton of guys just didn't get their rings. And I think if you're a quarterback in the AFC right now, Josh Allen, Lamar, I don't the first day after they beat by Mahomes in the playoffs go to why aren't they the guy. 
Good luck finding a guy that can beat Patrick Mahomes. You got to get there a bunch, and you got to win one of them. Maybe. I mean, you've seen Joe Burrow do it. It's going to take time, and it's going to take getting them at the right time. And so, um, I feel for those quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is truly excellent. Okay. How about the Dorito Hotel? <laughs> we passed it here. It was incredible. It looks amazing. I don't, know how, I amazing. It. I don't it, know how I feel about it. I, I just want to know what it looks like if you have a room inside. I, inside, is it like it's probably it like extra tent? Or? Maybe, well, maybe some of the media members in here can answer <laughs> that question because that's where supposedly a lot of the hardworking members of the media are put up in the Dorito Hotel, or uh, or or they actually moved them to Excalibur. So if you if you work your whole life hard enough to get a job at the Super Bowl with the media and get one of these passes, your reward is you get to stay in a giant Dorito or inside of a castle. Worst thing about it, to me, <laughs> it's the worst flavored Dorito. To yeah, what's up with that? Why couldn't we like, put why, Cool Ranch on cool there? Cool Ranch, no, you got to put, you gotta put Cool Ranch up there. No Anyways, I drove by that. That was incredible. There's always something to look at out here. Um, there was a dude that climbed the sphere. <laughs> and I thought this was great. Uh, my brother Kyle is not here. Had a great tweet. He likened it to the uh, the dude. It's one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies, and I can never remember the the, the name of the movie. It's where he's living in a fake world. And Truman, Truman Show. Show. It's oh, such yeah. an incredible movie. The scene where Jim's exiting the the set of the Truman Show, which is like a whole world, he likened it to the guy climbing the sphere. <laughs> I don't know where that guy thought he was going. I don't know what kind of um, hallucinogens or or uh, or <laughs> lubricants he was, he was on. Tables, man. <laughs> but like my man was climbing the sphere. I mean, like everybody's thought about climbing the sphere. I don't know. Raise your hand if you thought about climbing the sphere. <laughs> that guy actually went out. And did it so kudos to that guy i'm sure he's in a holding cell right now <laughs> but definitely some things are worth it uh i think the sphere looks incredible i know u is playing there i'm not a huge u2 guy i know that ticket's tough to get you're a big he got big u2 guy i'm going to the concert tonight chris are you with or without you baby oh that's Ooh, good hey, it's a beautiful day Okay. <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be a bloody Sunday for the uh, Niners. Yeah. What, hey, what's Niners. I, I just want to update everybody. We've had our first LeGarrette Blunt sighting. Where is he? Oh, my God. He's next to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, come on. So so the best thing about Nate is Nate played five, six years in the league. How many years? I played four. I played four, four years in the league. I like saying five or six. Yeah. It's like adding Works. height. Yeah, you know. You know. So uh, Nate, Nate was hurt. a great player in his own right. Got to the league and the whole thing. LeGarrette <laughs> Blunt, who's a good friend of mine from the New England chapter of my life, and he's come down and played on our softball team. And we play rec league softball in Virginia, and these these country dudes on the other teams, like plumbers, mechanics, they're like, man, that's LeGarrette Blunt. <laughs> like this is unfair. They got all these NFL guys on this team. Now none of us are that good, besides John Phillips, who played yeah. tight end for the Cowboys and can hit the ball three your feet. Unbelievable. But when we go to the Super Bowl or anywhere, we went to waste management last year. Everybody thought that Nate was LeGarrette Blunt. Nate took 50 to 100 pictures with people <laughs> who tagged him as LeGarrette Blunt. And he would play along. He, he never it's shuts just, it down. It's just funny, and sometimes you don't want to disappoint people, so you just got to, like, live in the moment. And I'm not going to lie. I just did a lap around here, and I'm definitely booked for an interview tomorrow. That, <laughs> As LeGarrette Blunt? That, that they definitely think it's – Oh, that's like, terrific. Yeah. We got to get that I feel bad because I'm not going to be there, and it's at 8 a.m. No, you got to go in character, man. <laughs> it's at 8 a.m. So over the years of the Super Bowl, <laughs> I've met a lot of cool people. Uh, I've, I've, like, I've met some people that – 
of like bucket list, you know, people for me. Like Julius Peppers is one of my favorite players ever, and getting a chance to sit down with him one night, have a drink, BS with him. He was so cool to me. Uh, one of my Walter team, Jones one that of my night favorite too. Teammates. Yeah, you played with Pep. Yeah. But like last year, we met. Hard right turn Kevin Federline <laughs> at a party. K-Fed K- 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 was like integrated into our group. It was incredible. Actually, K-Fed was a very nice guy. Yeah, he was. And we really connected with K-Fed. But I guess the point is you never know who you're going to run into here. And I'm wondering if you guys have some bucket list type people that you would fanboy f- for seeing this week. Well, we know what Bo, who Bo's fanboying over. He Bro, just got to meet Little yeah, Dicky. We just met Dave. We just Dave met Bird. Little Dicky, dude. Little Dicky. <laughs> we just met that little dicky, awesome, bro. It was the last that, person I was expecting to meet at the Super Bowl, first day. And he's so cool, man. He's so personable. What a that guy. was incredible, dude. Yeah, what a guy. Uh, and he had a really cool sweater on. He's looking good, man. I want to meet. You know, I've met Shannon Sharp, but he's one of my favorite people in the media. It'd be cool to run into Shannon Sharp. I think he's killing it. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think who else would Look, be. Look, I'm not going to lie. I didn't fanboy, but it was really cool to to, to take the flight over here with Ocho Cinco. Oh, yeah. And, we were on the plane with Ocho. Yeah, and with, with all those guys. What would you think awesome, of the camaraderie right? on that team? Say it again. What do you think of the camaraderie on our team? What do you mean? Like the so like how are we doing as a team? Like the vibes of our team. Oh, amazing. Yeah, we got I good think, vibes. Bro, we have great vibes. Shannon Crowder. Oh, you guys have great yeah. vibes too. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's cool to see the integration of you like with another media team. Yeah. And the just the flight over here, just us integrating, everyone having a good time. It it, it was fun. Yeah, that, no, that, it, was it felt it felt good. Locker room um, atmosphere, I guess you can say. But it was definitely a great. A great, great flight, and, and those guys are cool. I'm glad we got to meet them. It was a fun flight. We've only got a couple minutes more here in our open, but for folks at home, we're having a lot of fun. We're meeting some cool people. We're going to have great interviews all week. We got Trey McBride lined up today. He's he's great. Already interviewed him. Uh, we've got we've I got Michael Pittman. Oh yeah. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Jay Glazer. A number of people lined up this week. There's one player that I'm going to fanboy over that we're going to have here. Uh, I probably – can I say? Can I say? Yeah, we're going to get Luke Keekley. Ooh. I love Luke Keekley, bro. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, he's going to be joining us at some point this week. We've got a bunch of, bunch of cool guests. So, um, listen, I kind of thought about if I had more time setting up a, like, bingo, like, like – Las Vegas bingo for us. Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, kind of a scavenger hunt. Yeah. You know, if you do climb the sphere, it's 10 <laughs> points. Get bitten by a coyote. Bitten Get bit by a coyote, 30 <laughs> points. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, leave Vegas up. Leave Vegas up. <laughs> yeah. You win the game. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can work on something like that today and, and get it to, to fo- you know, folks at home by the end of the show. But Yeah, and everyone make sure you try your chance at our grid. Go win $5,000 for the day yep. for the lowest score. I'm and a grid freak, 20, dude. $25,000 for the lowest score of the week. So if you guys want a chance at that, make sure you head over here. I'm not good at everything. In fact, there's a lot of stuff that I suck at, but grids – I'm pretty decent at. And NFL grids is something I became addicted to over the summer when I didn't have a fix of football. And then when football happened, I played a little bit less, but now I'm back on it. Grids is just basically, it's a, it's a, it's nine grids, right? Or 12 grids. And you've got three teams on each corresponding axis. And you have to pick a player that played at some point on both teams. And then there might be a special category. 
uh, which is like 4,000-yard passer and that sort of thing. It's like a football Sudoku. It's like football Sudoku, <laughs> and I will man. literally play for hours. And our leader in the clubhouse right now, Bo Allen. The Butter King. Nice job, Butter King. But I'm going to put this out there. He cheated. Matt helped him. But we can we can keep going. Wow. <laughs> it's always hating, man. Hey, and one more. And there goes, there goes the man, the myth, the legend. Again, I'm not going to dox him, but uh, we know who we're talking about. Yeah, LD. Yeah, LD. With the threads. <laughs> With the cashmere, with the alpaca. Let's go. That was a highlight for me, bro. Um, I can fly home now, man. I'm happy. Yeah, that was cool. Okay, guys, for people at home, one more time, a reminder, content is going to be coming at you. It's going to be like sudden change. When I used to play for the Rams, we'd sit on the defensive bench for like a minute and a half, and then somebody would throw a pick or there'd be a fumble. So they say sudden change, and we'd scramble to get our stuff and go out on the field. It's the same thing for you guys this week. Uh, as, as Is that Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram is the man, dude. If that's Mark Ingram, Mark I love Ingram? Mark Ingram. Smart guy. Um, it is him. It, we just, there's people walking by. All, we're going to call him out. Um, for you at home, content's going to be coming in in a sudden change format. Ooh. So, you know, if you're a big, like, you know, I like my podcast out at 6 a.m., the whole thing. Throw that out the window this week. Roll with the punches with us. We're on West Coast time. We're going to be throwing a lot out at you. So one more time, we are the Green Light Pod. Uh, enjoy the show the rest of the day. we got some great guests. And enjoy looking at this beautiful Tacoma. I just think this thing's profile is gorgeous. Look at the fender flares on this thing. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing with that ARB rack, but I'm going to do something cool with it. We're signing the hood of this Tacoma with everybody that comes through here. I think it's going to be awesome. I don't know what Toyota wants to do with it, but I will pay them top dollar to hang the hood of this this Tacoma with all these signatures in my shop at home. Ooh. Um, hey, come by. If you if you hear us out there and you, you want to get interviewed, come by and, and sit in the chair with us. Uh, we're going to be here all week. Shout out to Toyota. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I got my first guest of the weekend no, it's not the weekend, but it feels like the weekend. I treated last night like the weekend. But this guy's a highly trained athlete, so he's, uh, he's getting eight hours sleep. Uh, <laughs> Trey McBride, one of my favorite young players in the NFL. I mean that, man. I watch you play. I'm defensive end, but I, I appreciate some good tight end play, man. And although you, you guys torched my birds, I enjoyed watching you play, dude. Uh, welcome to the set, and uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is, uh, this is really cool, and I'm, I'm honored to be here. Dude, it's honors all ours, um, and really, really cool. You're here with Wounded Warrior Project. We were talking, you know, off microphone a minute or two ago about the importance of working with vets and, like, not only the importance of helping vets, but what we get out of networking with veterans and the power of, of uh, working with that population. So what's Wounded Warrior Project all about to you, and how'd you get Yeah, to, uh, so to guys? me, um, it's just, it means a lot to me. I have a lot of family members. Uh, my grandfather my brother as well are, are in the military, and, and this is just important and near and dear to my heart. I've had family members and friends that have struggled with mental illness and things like that. So to be an advocate, to give back, and to, to be partner with the Wounded Warrior, this is something very special to me and something I'm a huge advocate for. The guys, the producers know this. When we climb Kilimanjaro every couple years with vets, I, I said, we need to get his big ass up the mountain, dude. He's from Colorado. He can handle altitude. Here we go. And he likes working with vets, man. But I think what's really cool about it is, you know, what I was touching on earlier, a lot of the time you go in and you're like, how can we help veterans? But veterans can be a great help to us, man, in this country. And I think the mental makeup of those guys and gals when they get out, 
you know, coming home. They can be leaders, but they need a little help from us and support. And, you know, those people that climb the climb Killy with us, they're like our biggest fundraisers when you yeah. get down. And they, so I just think it's so amazing what you're doing. And hey, learn more about Wounded Warrior Project. What's the website, by the way? Is it dot org or? Yeah, yeah, yeah dot, dot org. WoundedWarrior.org. Um, so let's talk about the game, man. And the way I want to talk about the game with you is. You torched the 49ers. <laughs> I know you're going to be humble about it, but you absolutely torched them week 15. That's a really good defense. They run a lot of cover three. Yeah. So when you got a good tight end, yeah. that helps. Talk to me about how you attacked that defense and why you were able to have so much success. Yeah, they're uh, they're a very, very physical team, a, a defense that that does so many things well and and have talent all around the all around the board. So they're a team that you can't run the ball every play. You know they have uh, run stopping guys. They have a huge, great defensive front and a, a team that you're not going to be running the ball all day on. So we knew we had to attack zones and we knew what we were going up against in cover three and and the game plan was to to get open against cover three and that's what they did and that's what we did. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, Kyler gave me a lot of opportunity and I, I caught a lot of balls for him and he kept coming back to me. So very special game, but that's a very tough and, and physical defense. What's it like seeing Fred Warner run around full speed, dude? Is he like your size or bigger? Fred is a, a tremendous player, a guy whose motor goes and goes and goes and, and is all around the ball. Him and Greenlaw are, you know, some of the best uh, linebackers in the game and, and I love going against them twice a year. Did you get to did you get to base block Nick Bosa? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got both of those guys, and then if Nick Bosa's not on one side, you got Chase Young on the other side. So uh, either way, you're going to be uh, tough. You got a tough physical matchup, and uh, those guys are, are are hard to block. So let me ask you this: with the you know, like it feels like people my age and just fans in general, there's a point with every team when they get too good, and people are tired of them winning, and that's kind of where people are with the Chiefs. Now I'm going to lay my cards on the table. I'm pulling for the Chiefs this week. I don't know if there's a bunch of Chiefs fans out here. I like seeing greatness. I love Patrick Mahomes. I get caught up in that thing. So I wonder, you growing up watching the Chiefs, being yeah. in high school, seeing yeah. the Chiefs, yeah. did it feel like probably how it felt for me watching the Patriots? Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs are superior. They're a team that, with Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes at the helm, they've been winning and, and consistently winning every single year. I love watching them. They're, uh, they're constantly in the, in the big game, and, and, and this is a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm super excited to see how they go against a really good 49ers defense. And uh, like I, the thing I'm most excited about is the, the two tight ends that are matched up. These are two of the best tight ends in the league, and I'm really excited to see these two go head-to-head. -head. What do you think? Besides blocking like an offensive tackle, Kittle brings to the table in the pass game. What makes him so good? I think just that he's unselfish, and, and that offense is full of so many playmakers, and, and he's a guy who's explosive and, and waits for his opportunity. He's not going to do too much when it comes, but when his opportunity comes, he always seems to, to make a big play and, and do what's right for the team. And I see a little Kelsey in you, man. I really do. I, I mean, and I mean that obviously as a compliment. It's when I talked to Ertz and I was like, tell me about this, this Trey kid. And he was like, he's so good with the ball in his hands. You know, it's uh, when you get the ball in your hands, it's not just, you know, getting open, but it's the yak. It's all that stuff. But in zone, you talked about it versus the Niners, finding those soft spots in zone. And I think especially with you having a quarterback like Kyler and Travis having a quarterback like Mahomes where these guys buy time. Scramble drill is almost its almost a, a sure thing. At some point in a possession, you're going to be working the scramble drill. How, how does that relationship with you and Kyler develop 
and how fun has it been to do the nonverbal stuff? Yeah, it's uh, Kyler's a tremendous athlete, a guy who's always going to make plays, a guy who's extending plays, and, and that's something we work on all the time. We're always trying to extend plays. We know with Kyler back there, he's going to be running around. He's going to make things happen, and, and we got to be able to get open for him. So we work that all the time, and, and most of it's just having that chemistry, having that trust with him, and, and having him believe that I'm going to be open, and he, when he throws me the ball, I'm going to come down with it. And the more I did that for him, the more he kept coming to me, and uh, my opportunities just kept coming. So you didn't. So this year is the first year, obviously, you got a lot of time with him, yeah. because of the injury last year and the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, like people, the narratives get out, and you know, like we think certain things about players. We hear, hey, Kyler, work ethic, that sort of thing. But when I saw him come back this year, yeah. I felt like he was on a mission, man. Um, Talking to people in the building, getting a feel for where he was and where he is now, what have you seen from him this year that makes you think, hey, like, he's going to be one of those premier guys and me and him are going to play together for five, seven years, hopefully? Yeah, I think it's just the work ethic. You see him in there every day. You see him putting the work in. You see him grinding. And I think it's just him being there, uh, showing up, being a leader, and uh, what he does off the field, what he does in the yeah. building. He's just a tremendous person. And the rap that he gets from the media isn't always the best. But, you know, I know the real Kyler. I know the guy that I'm with every day. And, and and he's a tremendous person, a tremendous player, and I love spending time with him. And I hope that we can grow our career and, and play a long time together. Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it'd be a fun connection to watch for a long time. Um, not a lot of defensive coaches in the NFL, right? Like, I think McDonald just got hired in Seattle, um, Dan Quinn in Washington, and obviously last year you guys went with John Gannon, somebody who was in Philly, and I got to know a little bit. Great guy, right? Yeah, phenomenal. But but also. I think he surprised people this year. Like, he was ready to coach at a high level. And I, th I thought you guys took a lot of teams to the wire. Obviously, it's a re rebuilding year, but what did you see from him and what makes him the guy for the job? I think just the, the leadership skills that he brought, uh, what he came to do and what he's done for us. You know, he set the culture. He's building the culture. He set the standard. And he hasn't, you know, shine, uh, sh uh, you know, gone away from that. He's been tremendous. He's a great leader and a guy that everyone wants to play for. He uh, brings guys with him and uh, gives us the plan and, and, you know, gives us the, the, the blueprint to go be successful. And then we just got to go do it. He's been phenomenal as a head coach. And uh, I, I think he's the right guy for the job. Is it nice to have a guy that you can be like, hey, you know, you talk to an offensive head coach, he's talking to you from one vantage point, but having that guy that can explain how to exploit a coverage a little bit differently or, you know, what you might expect to see from a defense, like he's the one calling defenses, does that help to have that guy? Yeah, absolutely. You know, to ask him questions, to, to figure out what he's doing, what this guy's job responsibility is and how I can beat that guy. Um, he's a guy that I would go to every week and ask him questions. You know, we're trying to attack this coverage. Where do I need to be to get open on this route? Things like that. And he's a huge advocate. And and someone who's always wanting to help. Let's talk about blocking, man, um, because it's something that I don't know if people realize is tight ends still do it. <laughs> you know, um, is, is Bosa and Chase Young the toughest blocks that you've had to make on the edge this year because yeah. you see him twice a year or is there somebody else that you were like damn that guy is is a player so many good guys I mean every week you're going against an elite pass rusher but I think uh, those are two of the best in the league and I see him twice a year with Bosa and Chase Young those are those are phenomenal players and, and one of the hardest guys that you block so I, I love the matchup every single every single year yeah. and, and to see those guys twice a year it's so much fun how about what's the toughest block for you because I played in a four eye you know, you're not going to block a four eye. I played in a six. Okay, like, I know that's tough for me because yeah. you guys are head up and the whole thing. And then yeah. I played in a nine and the whole thing. 
what 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 is the toughest block for you to make um, in the run game? I think it's just that backside cutoff. You know, when you're uh, you got a six technique and uh, and they have a two way go, you have a two way go, and you just got to get the inside leverage and you got to rip and run that and and, and take them down it's the, the line. It's the rip and run. Yeah, that's yeah, a that's a that's a tough block, but uh, you know it's something that that as a tight end you got to execute every once in a while. Because you don't want to be too out in front because yeah, you get back door and then you don't want to be too far behind because then they're gonna it's that perfect you know where do you got to be how do you got to get the block and uh, it's a tough tough block and the whole thing is just like you're running full speed but he's trying to open that shoulder no doubt, yeah and you're trying to keep that shoulder yeah, closed no doubt no doubt have you had an ins uh, like a, a welcome to the NFL moment like a big hit or something or a drop or something where you were like yeah. damn this is <laughs> yeah this is I think uh, you know like you said playing against the 49ers my rookie year I, I caught a little crossing route over the middle and, and Fred Warner had had lit me up and I just remember getting up and I was like all right man this is how these guys hit in this league and I gotta you know bring it every time so it was uh, it was a great moment for me and, and, and something I'll remember how about crowds because you're still young you probably haven't played in every city uh, but there were a lot of away stadiums that I love playing in yeah. back when I was in the NFC West Candlestick Park was still there yeah, yeah. Um, I love playing in Seattle I think playing in Phoenix is awesome that yeah. grass is great right the setups awesome but have you had a favorite stadium or city that you've played in so far uh, I think what comes to mind right now is is when we went up to Philly. That was such a cool, hostile environment. Isn't it cool? And to, uh, <laughs> and to to have that win, you know, with Jonathan Gannon, uh, you know, everyone, uh, you know, wasn't too happy he left. You know, Philly, and, and we have a bunch of Philly guys to go to Philly and to win that game. New Year's that was uh, that was a huge and, and hostile environment for sure. All right, so let's talk about something you and I were talking about off mic a little bit. Like, I think you have a very unique story. I um, I think it's pretty cool. You got two moms. Yeah. Right. Um, I think you're the maybe the first NFL. Player uh, with that setup, and I just wonder you've you've spoken about it before. Like, how have how have your teammates kind of, you know, had conversations with you and, and gotten comfortable with that if they weren't if they you know hadn't been hadn't heard anything like that before? Like, has it been a challenge at any point? Like with the way people perceive that, and then also like what are the perks? Because I love my mom. If I had two moms, I think it'd be the best thing uh, in the world. Know, I think uh, just uh, the teams opened me with welcome arms. They've been great. Uh, everyone in this league's been awesome, and I think it's just uh, something that that needs to be normalized. It's something that that isn't you know different. Uh, yeah. It's something that nowadays is, is becoming a lot more normal. So something I, I think is very special. Something that I'm very proud of. But for me, um, it's very cool. You know, my my parents are great. They they've been huge advocates for me they've been huge supporters and and i've i know no different this is all i've known yeah. my whole life and this is very special to me that's so cool man i mean it's just cool nfl locker room i always say it's one of the coolest workplaces in america because everybody comes from different no you doubt, know yeah. places and neighborhoods and backgrounds yeah but we we talk to each other yeah you know we sit at the lunch table we have tough conversations yeah. we explain things to each other where we come from yeah i just think it's very cool man. yeah no doubt and you spend all day with those guys so you get to know them very well and those guys are, are very welcoming and things like that so it's very special to me who's somebody this is the last question for you trey who's somebody or a couple of people that you'd be really fanboy in to meet this week Oh man, there's a there's a you know I've met a, a lot of these guys, but I saw Shannon Sharp walking around and uh, you know being he's a tight jacked. end, yeah, and then being from Colorado, you know yeah. he's uh, he's been awesome. So I think uh, meeting him would be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and hopefully joining the ranks of uh, great tight ends in our game, Trey McBride. I think you're a great player, man. It's yeah. gonna be fun to watch you. And thank you. Thanks for coming by and great Absolutely, work with man. the Wounded Warrior Project. WoundedWarriorProject.org. That's right, baby. Okay, check it out and check out the work Trey's doing. Yeah, thank you very much, man. This is great. Thank you, brother.
Thanks to Toyota and the brand new Toyota Tacoma, we'll be broadcasting from the NFL Media Center in Las Vegas from the most badass set in all of Radio Row. That's right, the all new 2024 Toyota Tacoma with its trail dominating power, legendary capability and captivating style is arriving in dealerships. And it's arriving at the 2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas as we are helping Toyota launched the all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma. That's right. It's going to be right next to me. You'll be able to see the all-new best-selling midsize pickup in America featured on the Greenlight podcast set recorded from the Tacoma Content Studio. The all-new Toyota Tacoma dares you to come out and play. The all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma, the most powerful Tacoma ever, is your chance to experience trail-dominating power, legendary capability, and captivating style. It's time to make your off-roading dreams come true. With the 2024 Toyota Tacoma, a truck that's tough on the trail and easy on the eyes, electrifying power, maximum torque, the all-new Toyota Tacoma is the most powerful Tacoma ever. Toyota, the official automotive partner of the NFL. All right, so I got my old buddy here, Jay Glazer. You know him from, you know, when he knows something first. <laughs> he's not afraid to tell you when he knew something first, but he's good at it. I don't it, tell man. you what it is half the time. I'm just like, oh, I got something. <laughs> <laughs> but I know Jay, like, man, probably my 20 nephew. years. I think I met you when you were like 11. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah about like 11 that. years old. Yeah, something like that. Yep. So Jay, obviously, NFL on Fox, we got a uh, – a long history with him putting up with my dad, my dad putting up with Jay. <laughs> you guys outed me this year, which is, are we allowed to curse in your podcast? I think you can curse. That's bullshit. You outed me this year. It's bullshit. What happened? Um, I think it was Father's Day where you talked about how I played a joke on uh, Howie. Oh, that was yeah. so funny, dude. <laughs> and people got mad at my dad. People got mad at me. No, not your dad, at me. No, people were mad at my dad, too. The basically Why, that he gave away the, the ticket? Yeah, this is a real quick story. <laughs> to show you what kind of guy my dad is, Jay had these these lotto tickets that were like mega millions or something. It was $25,000 instant lottery ticket, but it's fake. Twenty-five grand, And it's a fake ticket. So the, the design was that my dad was going to think he got a fake ticket. Yeah. And he was going to be like, oh, cool, I won. Yeah. And then Jay and I gave everybody else real ones, and nobody else is in on it, yes. except for our assistant, Bill Richards' assistant, who was our producer. She was like, hey, I feel like I won the lottery by working with you all. It's his Christmas gift. So here's everybody. Here's your Christmas gift. So everybody had real you know, tickets except for Howie, who had a $25,000 over scratch off. So he wins the thing, and his face, I guess, was like, He's like, hmm. like almost hmm. mortified that he hmm. won. And he decides he's like he walks over to no he goes I think I, I think I just won twenty five thousand dollars and Strahan who was in on it with me he said you gotta be kidding me you gotta be kidding oh my gosh and he turns to our assistant who thank God was in on it and doesn't know this and says to her Merry Christmas That's and just, hands her the twenty five thousand like unbelievable to which I'm like no. <laughs> fake, man. Oh my! But thank God she was in on it, and maybe thank that was God. It. Right? Oh, that was the part that got friend. lost for people because people were like, Do "You guys just <laughs> tormented this woman because she thought she won twenty-five grand." Jay, he's 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 always up to something. So especially with your dad, the jokes I play on your dad, like I sent him, I he's like he's my muse when it comes yeah. to practical jokes. Like I would find out from uh, one, 
I think the same assistant went how he would fly back to Arizona. Yeah. And right when I know he's sitting in his seat, I would send him like really nasty, raunchy videos of the, and you can't turn the sound off. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. I, I used to send those to coaches. I used to send my coaches in Philly and New England. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I said it to your dad. Like and he'd be like, what happens if this is the last thing the plane goes down? And it's the last thing my kids see. I'm like, not my problem, bro. Not my problem. The last and then there's the bumper stickers. I put some racy bumper stickers on his car, yep, which we can't repeat here also. Yep, yep. Um, he I drives around for a couple of days. For a couple of <laughs> these really, really, really raunchy bumper stickers on his car. Um, it's amazing he's never killed me. It really is. No, it's because he loves you. And Deep I love down, him. as much as he might get pissed off at you, he loves you. I love him too. Um, Jay, I, we're in a room full of strangers, a lot of people we don't know, people passing by. And one thing I appreciate about you, man, is you always talk about what's going on up here. You yeah. know, like, I think that's a really cool thing. I think, you know, with a lot more talk about mental health with NFL players and, like, we're the what? most, we're the supposed to be the alphas. Like, you know, you talk about putting your life jacket on first and right. or putting your, when the plane depressurizes, you got to put your, your mask on first. Like, I think most people don't think about it that way. You, you know, we're caught up as athletes and people leading our families or leading teams that we, we don't, we don't think about us, and you got to take care of your problems. Shout out to Dave Stevens, who's my dog, who's just right. rolling by, man, Steve. Uh, but so, but I, I, th I, th I think Chris, where you guys, you, here's the thing though: in order to get on your level as a pro yeah. athlete, you got to be crazy going in. Yeah. Okay. You can't not have because the sacrifice, the amount, like you've beaten out. Millions and millions and millions to get to this level. And a locker room helps with the crazy, but, man, it's still there, yeah. right? And what happens when that locker room is gone or we don't have it? Um, I always understood my issues like I always fought, and, but I – I felt I belonged in a cage. So, uh, you know, I, I knew I had issues going in. Yeah. A lot of you guys kind of look at like, oh, we've got it together. Nobody in the NFL has it together. No, you don't know you don't have it together. You have it together Nobody in a way that other people don't. You have a skill set that other people don't have, right? But, you know, like you also don't have uh, some of the – I don't know, like, you're, you're used to playing a different game than people entering the corporate world or whatever. Like, you're just not cut out for it. And yeah. you can get there if you work your butt off. Right. And, you know, like, but that transition is really hard for guys. The one thing I wanted to talk to you about under the, the you know, the kind of banner of this whole mental health stuff is I, I didn't know this. I guess I could have guessed it. But you have ADHD. Yeah. And you, I guess you just started talking about it a little bit more. Well, I start. look, I wrote a book two years ago called Unbreakable. Yeah. Um, how I turned my depression, anxiety, into motivation, and you can too. And it was about ADD, uh, ADHD, depression, anxiety, bipolar. I mean, you name it, I've got it. And I, you know, the, the things that really helped me through it. And, and here's the thing. I wanted to give it words. The only way we're going to get through this together is give it words, but I'm not your teacher. I'm not clergy. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a dude who's messed up, who's learning to be good with his messed upness. And the more we can have people like that talk about it, then we can lean into each other and start talking. And that's what a locker room is great for, right? Yeah. You guys could all talk about this shit in a locker room, and you're afraid to outside of it, and that's where we kind of get caught up. So I just wanted to give it words years ago. And for me, too, like, I'm clinical. It always happens. So depression, anxiety, and it's, um, and I, and look, I know my life is great. It is. My life is, I'm sitting here with my nephew, who's now 
crushing it here. And, you know. Uh, but it's all relative. Dad, dad is my best friend. And it's my life is great. But between my ears sucks. And it's an everyday fucking thing. I wake up and I'm like, I don't know who I'm getting. Um, I, I got to fight a lot of things to just get myself out of bed. And for me, I've tried over 30 antidepressants, anti-anxieties that haven't worked. Um, and I finally found something that did work called Kelbri, uh, which is an ADHD drug. And, and look, I was one of the first adults ever diagnosed with adult ADD on the East Coast of America in 1989. And back then, they put me on, it's my experience, they put me on Ritalin, and that wasn't great for me with my depression, the peaks and valleys. Yeah. And they put me on like an anti-seizure medicine or something like that for, to offset the valleys. And then they put me on Adderall after that. And it's kind of, man, just my brain chemistry That's wasn't, the wasn't great. Part. That's the scary part. So I got off everything and I finally found this thing called Kelbri, which I take it at night. So it's not a stimulant. And it actually calms me down, gets the roommates in my head, talk nicely to each other, and wakes me up the next day in a much easier place. And um, that's the, that's the hard part, the yeah, morning for yeah, me. Yeah, it's it's because you know I don't know if we talked about this. I I've had ADHD my whole life, uh, and I always thought about it like it's just hyperactivity or yeah, just like our brain works too fast. Like I'm always working. You can't yeah, turn my brain right, off. The right. guys that know me, they're working for me. Are like yo, it's 2 a.m. Stop right. texting me notes. Like there's no need to be working right yeah. now. That's how we harness it, yep. and it's not always healthy, but. For me, what was illuminating over the last two years is I was dealing with some stuff. You know, I've dealt with stuff my whole life. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody deals with stuff. Depression, anxiety, whatever. Talked about it, yep. But you don't realize that it's it, it's all part of the same packaging right. if you have ADHD. You know, it's yeah. not as simple as like, oh, you're a multitasker, but you can't focus. Or, you know, you're, you're this or you're that. Like, there's a bunch of stuff rolled into that diagnosis. And what I had to do, too, because, again, like, I, I was told I was learning disabled growing up. And growing up in the Jersey Shore being learning disabled, it's not good mix, man. Right? So yeah. I was like, I started kind of shifting the narrative, like, well, I'm not learning disabled. I just don't learn the way you teach. Right. Right? Like, you got to reframe it. Yeah, I got to. So, and then I took it one step further. How has it become my superpower? I'll be, I may not be able to listen to a three-minute speech, but, man, I can do six things at once. Just yeah. like you. You can build things. We could build things and do a million things at the same time. It can be that a superpower. superpower. right. If you, if you harness it and you own it and you realize when you said something earlier, you said, I'm messed up. I got I would push back. I know you don't mean this, but I don't think you're messed up. I think you're just, you have your own challenges and you're unique. Oh, well, I'm and fucked it, up. We both you, well, you are fucked up, but it has nothing to do with the diagnosis of ADHD. <laughs> so I just think, like, yeah. it's just talking about it, like, normalizing it, having this conversation. It's cool that I know now you have it, yeah, cool. so I can hit you up and be like, man, I'm struggling with this thing. You Perfect. know, like, that's that's what it's Perfect. about. And, and you know, some people will be like, oh, why don't people just leave this stuff to themselves? I'm not interested. But there's somebody out there who's interested. Yeah. And, having Lane Johnson as my close friend with everything that he's talked about with mental health, He's the reason that I decided to do something about my diagnosis of ADHD. And That's not his deal, but, here's but he perfect empowered example, me and made me feel normal enough about it to actually like approach a solution. And perfect example why we got to talk about it. Lane lived with me for five months in the offseason when I trained him. He lived with me and my son Sammy. Yeah. He saw that I struggled with stuff, but never, ever, ever did he say a word about his until the sky fell. Yeah. Right? Like, man, Lane, imagine if you could have talked about it back then. Just talk, yeah. Just talk, got, talk as soon as you can. You wouldn't have gotten to that place. Yeah. And, and here I was, and he knew I was you know, going through stuff. Um, and now the fact that we can, and when we yeah. do have bad days, we call each other, we check on each other. Yeah. You know, when I have a, a bad day now. Listen, I used to deal with my bad days with Viking and alcohol and fighting. And now I 
we'll call four people and say, man, I'm, today just freaking sucks. The beast got out of the box. And I'll call four people and tell them. And then I'll call four other friends, not tell them, but just check up on them. Yeah. To see how they're doing. That's it. You it's the social that. connection yeah, to checking yeah. on somebody. So do me a favor. Being of service. Add me to the list. Go. Make me five, bro. I love oh, you. I'm love glad you. we, you know, we talk about this stuff. And yeah, man. Thanks for coming by. I mean, like, it's not just football. We're gonna have some great conversations about life, about real issues here, uh, in front of this gorgeous t Tacoma. I love it, man. Do Which, I get this? Uh, it's therapeutic get this. for me this to go fast fine. in a toilet. Thank you, Christopher. Yeah, Thank bro. You. It's yours. <laughs> it's yours. I'm going to put a, a phone book. <laughs> See, he's got to finish with a short joke. Yeah, I got I to take a shot at he's my He's avenging his dad. Because he's going to do it to me. <laughs> uh, we love Jay Glazer. I love, we you, love Toyota. Thanks for coming by, bro. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Always. Thanks, bro. This is good. We get Michael Pittman Jr. fresh. This is his first interview today. Yeah. I love watching this dude play. Uh, I also think it's really cool having a dad in the league. That My dad played a long time. Your dad played a long time. They made some plays out there. But now, you know, I have my career. It's your turn. I just wonder what it was like for you growing up. I mean, because I know I got some of the, maybe the same experiences. Yeah. Um, growing up, like, it's, like, funny because – I didn't really think of football as like being something that's like special because like I was just kind of like born into that. Um, and I really didn't appreciate everything that he did until I was probably in like high school because because like I mean like I was thinking hey my dad played 11 years like so what you know what I'm saying but now like just like looking back on it I mean that's like a serious deal right so um just like looking back on it now like he just like he just armed me with so much knowledge that really helped me get where I'm at right now so was it so was it in high school where you kind of had that moment or where you realized yo my dad was actually that he's nice. guy. He's a good player. Yeah. He was good. I ask Chris that this question all the time and I just wonder for guys who do have <clears throat> Yeah, was yeah, there a moment? Be. Was there a game or was it like you said it was high school, but like what was it that, that struck you? It was just the fact that so just just like realizing the type of wear and tear that like football has like on you and just like realizing that he played probably like one of the most violent uh, the uh, violent um, spots in and him being able to last for like 11 years which is crazy like I think the average lifespan for like a running back is like three yeah. like just like or something like that so like just like right there like I like realized that everything that he like put in um, like just like all of his like training all of his like nutrition um, like habits I mean like he eats the worst tasting things I've ever seen. Like he eats <laughs> For a reason, right? tilapia with like nothing on it and he's eating asparagus like raw, like just like it was terrible. Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you struck me when you said it was normal to you because that was the thing. Like my dad, my mom made it normal. You know, like I can remember being a kid and going to the Pro Bowl with my dad and not even realizing I was meeting Barry Sanders. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, or Bo Jackson hanging out in my dad's kitchen with him, yeah. like on a Tuesday night, yeah. they're just kicking back. And I don't realize the gravity of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which is cool, but I think it keeps you humble. Absolutely. You know, because like, 
when you go home and you sit at the table with your dad, you're not the only person in your family that's played at a high level in the NFL, right? And when I go home, I got my dad's got a gold jacket. My brother was a great player. So I, I can't think my shit doesn't stink, yeah. so to speak. Um, so I think it can keep you grounded, but the pressure of it. Yeah. Did you feel that pressure? Because sometimes it's like, whatever you do is not good enough. Somebody already did it. Yeah. Um, my dad did a great job of not making us feel like we had to play football. Yeah. Um, he never forced us into it. Um, he kind of let us choose, and, yeah. and uh, we just followed, like, in his footsteps. Uh, he just set a great, like, standard and um it's funny because we never did like force like workouts and like he never took us to like the gym and like was like hey like you guys are gonna do this this and that like we just kind of followed in his footsteps it wasn't like uh st brown and his jack dad oh, oh no no nothing like that i'm on and equivalent they their dad had him in there yeah. doing curls at like 12. yeah but that's the thing like with my dad and I don't know your pops, but it sounds like kind of the same situation where it's like my dad was like, you, you don't have to do what I do. You know, in fact, they almost didn't want me to play Yeah. because of the wear and tear and because yeah. of the, the violence of it. You know, my parents, my mom knows what it's like walking my dad to the ER with, you know, his, a cast on his hand where he can barely stand up from the pain. And he just got done taking pills or shooting up to, to get through the game and, yeah. you know, the surgeries and how hard it was to be present when you get home. Like, you got a family now. Absolutely. And there's a lot, I think we can learn from like what it was like growing up and try to just tailor it to how we raise our kids. But my dad never pushed me in that direction. Absolutely. And I think that's cool because, but he did say once you choose any direct, you yeah. got to work your ass off. Absolutely. And it sounds like you got the same type of, set, you know, setup. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 like, he just told us that whatever it is, like, we're just going to do it. And yeah. um, just like, don't stop. And um, one thing that he always told us is like, just like show up. Show up. And and what that means is just you is uh, you have to be the same guy every single day. And um, you can really apply that to like life too. You apply that to being like a dad. You can apply that to work and really just anything really the consistency man you know because so many people dream about the nfl they think about the highs yeah but being an nfl player and carving out a career where you get to be a vet is about like you said it's showing up yeah. and it's doing the, the little things and the tough stuff that's not glamorous yeah you know and people that want to take shortcuts they don't last long so i love watching you play i think you're gonna play a long time and uh and i guess my first question about the week would be there's one player on the San Francisco 49ers I want to ask you about. You're not going to be able to guess who it is. I think Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. Yep. I think if Sam Darnold gets another shot somewhere, you know how, like, Baker played this year? Yeah. If McVay didn't give him a shot last year, I don't know if Baker has the year he had. Absolutely. And I think Sam going to San Francisco, a couple spots where he got some, some burn and that yeah. sort of thing, like, I think he could – there would be another chapter for him. What do you think about Sam? You think he's still got a shot? Mm -hmm. uh, you play with him at USC. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that 
I think that the NFL is all about opportunity, like in like fit and like fit. And like there's different systems that work for different players. Um, and I think Sam has every single um, every single attribute of a winning quarterback. I mean, I mean, that guy like is like dialed, right? I mean, like he's a quiet, confident guy. He has all of the like arm talent, has all of the play, uh, the play extending yeah. qualities. Um, he just needs another shot. Um, and when he gets that shot, I think he's going to do something great with it. But you said it. It's context. It's like having the right people around you. It's having the right coordinator. I think there are very few quarterbacks in the league that are unaffected by their the situation around them. That's what. There's only three, four of those guys, right? Yeah. And everybody else in a different category. I think you guys have a great setup, man. I, Shane, they miss him in Philly. Yeah. We had him on the show last week. Oh yeah. Yeah. We asked him about you. He loves you. Like, he just. He seems like a no BS guy, but the kind of guy that that can also get on your level and, and like be a dude, you know, is Absolutely. is that accurate? Like, what's his personality like? Yeah. So so Shane is a Southern California guy. So so which is like me. But um, he is a all business, like no BS guy to when he's locked in. I mean, he's fired up. And I feel like the way that the NFL's trending, like to the younger offensive minded coaches, and he really fits that bill with his creativity and all of the motions and everything that goes into our offense and using his guys. Um, um, I think that he does a, a great job, and I think he's going to be with um, Indy for a long time. Um, and um, like I can't say enough like great things. Uh, like he's just such like a great coach. He seems that way. I mean, me and Nate watch him every week and watch the Colts. It's like it seems like a fun team to be a part of. For sure. And then like the thing that always strikes me about y'all and I know you added downs this year and like he's a yeah. different body type yeah. but you guys are big man like yeah. you and Pierce and then the tight ends the tight ends Woods and who's Virginia guy oh and uh, Mo Ali Cox yep. who's actually he's a VCU guy right VCU so basketball some, player some dudes from from the home state uh but but what do you think that poses for defense is like specifically for fans what do they not think about when they see you guys are all big but what does that really mean for opposing defenses yeah I mean I mean I think it makes it easier for our like quarterbacks um, because you got a bigger target which got a bigger range of catch and then and then like I feel like we're well diversified like with Josh and um and like Alec and like some of our other guys is like Josh's thing is he's like a middle of the field assassin that also gets outside and can make plays too. But um, he's really like our like option route guy, and that man is impossible to cover. I mean, I mean like he's in there shifting, shifting guys up. Um, said I just think we have a great balance because um, we got size, which means that we can block right, like which is a very big part of like just like our pass game because. Like we got to set up run and then like that allows like our pass game and uh, just having Anthony's uh, dynamic ability where he can run and pass. Um, I feel like the best part about our team is going to be our RPO game. So 
um, that could be dangerous. So we all we all know as players, like iron sharp, sharpens iron, and um, you playing a tight end position. How is it going against someone like Zaire Franklin every day so, in practice and getting getting that type of matchup with a guy who's doing really well on that side of the ball and you getting the chance to battle against him daily? Yeah, so I'll get inside and, and um, I'll get to run a couple routes on him, but um, honestly, Z, you can't cover me. Um, <laughs> never could. Um, I didn't know. <laughs> and uh, there are lots of uh, practice reps that I think would approve that, and I think that you're great. Love you, bro. But um, <laughs> sorry, like, just like, you I can't cover me. No, listen, that dude had a great year. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. Just, just Z is great, but receivers on, like, backers, I mean, like, I should kill him, like, every single time, you know, like, or else I'm bad. And so. one of the only reasons why I asked that, too, Z. Z has own great, podcast. Great podcast. Yes. Great, great podcast. podcast? Yes. yes. In the trenches. I'm definitely a fan. I got to check it out. So yeah. this is going to be, like, one of his clips, too, so. <laughs> So um, you're done. welcome. Yeah, we like, got like these the guys. Free we'll say, yeah, content. So <laughs> that's awesome. He had a great year. I was super excited for him. And um, I guess when it comes to the Colts and playing in that division, seeing C.J. Stroud pop up, like it's like, <laughs> damn, dude, yeah, you just had to drop a, an elite quarterback in the division. But you guys got an exciting young quarterback in Richardson and Minshew played great this year. Yeah. Big fans of Gardner. Had, like, after that third, fourth game where you're like, dude, I know you're the biggest, baddest dude on the field, but, like, you got to get down, bro. Yeah. You all kind of, as a group, like, hey, young young buck, you got yeah. to look out for yourself. So I actually went up to him. It was after the first Houston game where he had kind of slowed up and he got hit, and then yeah. that's when he got hurt. And I just told him, like, you can't take hits because, like, our whole franchise, yes. like, is betting on you. Yes. So, so like, I just went to him and, and uh, told him that, he just can't take those and um, like we like joke around because I'm one of the leaders like on our team of taking hits so like yeah. I'm trying to take less hits too yeah. but, but like I just have something in me that thinks that I can break that next tackle or get that last yard so uh, we That's always your job but his job yeah. is like yeah. need you the next place so I can take that hit exactly for a big chunk man exactly. I, you know, I, I want to ask you about like Listen, defenders, they it's a hard job. I, I know it was like a big topic was the Kazee hit and you like yeah. it was so it's so violent, man, and you, yeah. you got you receivers, man. I know some people want to make receivers sound like prima donnas and that sort of thing, but I don't want to do what y'all do. <laughs> like I was perfectly comfortable with wrestling with a bunch of three hundred and forty pound dudes. Like the yeah. scary thing to me is I don't have control and I'm going over the middle and I gotta catch this ball. Do you, you came out of that thing. You saw the tape. Yeah. How did you feel about it? Yeah. You know, like, because it's so, tough. So I can walk you through it. So our play was I basically had just like a crossing route. So ball snaps, I'm running, and I don't see anybody. So, like, I'm like, hey, like, I'm wide open. I'm about to catch this ball, and I'm about to score, right? Um, so the ball's thrown a little bit forward. So I dive, and I catch it. And I just wake up, like just like I don't remember anything. Like I just wake up and like everybody is like looking down on you me. You woke up like, like a couple seconds later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was laying there, and then I just got up and everybody's trying to tell me to like lay down and like I'm like no no no. It's just like I'm getting up right now, and um, and yeah, I mean that was basically all all of it. I mean, it's such a violent game, and and like, do I think that he meant to to 
cause that much harm, no. Like, just like, I think he's just trying to make a play. Now, do I wish that he didn't hit me like that? Yes. Right. Yes. But right. Um, it's football, and, like, it's violent, and, and I know what I signed up for. Um, but, obviously, I don't want anybody to take those type of hits, and I definitely don't want to take that hit again. So It's tough because, like, you know, I'm just being honest. Like, I, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, damn, I don't want you taking those hits. I don't want anybody taking those hits. For a defender, it's tough because, like, I'm watching that ball, and you're making this incredible play. And, you know, people say go through the ball. The ball's right in front of your face. So yeah. it's, like, hard. You know, like, yeah. and I think our game has a lot to grapple with there because I don't look at it like there's this villain out there. I think he's trying to make a play. Exactly. And a lot like you put it, like, yeah. you'd rather him not hit you like that. <laughs> it's just hard to – it's hard to operate for you guys out there and for them. Yeah. And and I wonder, is that, like, the first big, big pro hit you took that you – no, had. well, well, I've taken a lot of big hits. So I, so I actually took another big hit, the uh, Panthers game. Yeah. And he went through my, um, like he went through my like side, shoulder. So which actually was a uh, clean hit, but they still flagged him for it. Yeah. So that one, I thought that they shouldn't have flagged it. Like I thought that was a clean hit. So sometimes you get up and you're like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Straight, like, bro. Yeah. 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 No. Like he just like got me good and like did it feel good? No. But I thought it was a clean hit. Now the 15 yards helped us out so like I'm not going to complain about it yeah but uh really like I thought it was a clean hit the end of the season man I, I it was a crazy fun run to watch because you know there's people counting you out and yeah I, I think you guys had a lot going for you with a coach like that and a, and a backup quarterback like that like yeah. you're you're a dangerous team and if you win that game you could slide in I felt yeah. like it. I kept on our show calling it a playoff game. Yes. I said, like, the Colts went to the playoffs this year because that's how I feel. You yeah. guys played in a game that was win or go home. Exactly. And I, I think that can be really valuable for a team even if you don't win it. What can you take from that experience and what can you guys take from that experience? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we basically got that, that – that like playoff feel um, where it was a play in game right so um, and and people always talk about that last play call I personally think that that was a great call I think that that play was there it was there it's just we just didn't execute it Same like with the Lions on fourth and three exactly like which like just like which happens I mean that part like is on us um, and we just have to live with that and we got to be better um, but I think a lot of the like younger guys because it was my well it wasn't my second playoff game because we didn't make the playoffs but it was my second feeling playoff game um, and just being able to to get those young guys that like experience of hey like it's win or like nothing right so um, even though we didn't win that game I I think it was good for um, Anthony to be in that atmosphere, even though he didn't play, obviously. And um, good experience for all of our younger guys. Yeah, because you'll be back, man. And, Absolutely. You know, like, even if you're sitting in the meeting room going through prep, you know the, the temperature picks up. And yeah. it's a different thing. So um, when, when it comes to AFC South, is there one team that the Colts seem to hate more than the others? <sighs> Well, like, I don't want to use the word hate. Yeah, like, but, that's a strong but, word. But um, there's there's definitely, I feel like the Titans play us tough every single time, no matter what. Yeah. Um, they're, they're kind of the, the like, because, like, I don't want to give them, like, this title, but, like, they're, like, 
the bruiser in the AFC South. Yeah. Because they always play hard. They always hit hard. And then we have Jacksonville, who in Jacksonville, we just can't seem to figure it out, right? Yeah, isn't that wild? Um, and I don't know what it is. Like, I've suggested that we got to get down there on, like, Wednesday <laughs> and <laughs> practice out there or like, something like that. But but that's not how it works. I think the dudes would appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. The weather's nice there. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what it is, but but they play us hard every single time. And their offense, like, is great. Um, they're just so, like, explosive and everything that they do. Um, like, I would probably say those two teams. But then you add C.J. Stroud now, who is, I mean. That's incredible. I mean, he's elite. I mean, like, in his first year, I mean, he, he absolutely set it on fire. Um, he's actually another Southern California guy. It would be hard to dislike him. Yeah. You know, like, across the sideline, it's easier if you're like, man, this guy's a, you know, jerk or something. But, like, <laughs> this dude does everything right. Exactly. And I appreciate his game the same way it seems like you do. So it's actually funny because I actually met him when he was in high school. Yeah. When he was going to Ohio State. So he was training with TJ Hushmanzada, like, which is who I train with. And, okay. And it's funny because after we lost, I saw one of his Instagram posts, and I was just so mad still. Just, like, just, yeah. you know, like, just, like, dumb stuff. And, like, and like just, like, we're, like, friends, too. And, like, I just looked at it. Like, I was, like, I'm going to scroll past it, like, and not uh-huh. like his picture. Uh-huh. So, yeah. You get kind of – Yeah. It's so hard. Like stuff. And you have no idea at that point yeah. that you're going to see him for probably a decade. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> I didn't know because, like, at this point, like, he was just a young kid going to Ohio State, like, in a stacked room. Yeah. And he sets it on fire. Yeah. And 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 is still setting it on fire. So. We got some USC fans here, by the way. Oh yes, yeah. sir. So, fight so, on, baby, fight on, brother. So here's my question. I get two. I need two predictions from you. Yes. Number one, what do you think happens with Caleb? And and what do you think when you watch Caleb? Yes. And does he really remind you of Mahomes? Because I, I think sometimes it can be a little easy to just be like, yeah, he's Mahomes. Yeah. But I think he's he's amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he definitely goes first. Yeah. Um, I could see teams trading up to uh, get him, so I don't know what team it's going to be. Um, I know that Cliff Kingsbury like just got the uh, job up at uh, Washington, right? And and uh, there's some strong ties there, so um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I but I but. I do know that he is going to go first, and and I think it's easy to make that comparison because of the similarities. Because because like they kind of, well, I will like I won't say that they look the same, but like they got the same characteristics. Um, I see Russ too. And, yeah, yeah, and and like there is like a mix of both. Um, they both have incredible arm talent, um, but but they they. Uh, I mean, like, it's almost like a spot-on comparison. Like, now, you know, like, now, you know, now that I'm, like, thinking it through is, is like, they are similar, like, in the way that they – the way that they create, like, after the play. But I think that's because he watches Pat. Yeah. And kind of models his game after because they can do so many incredible things. Like, like I think it was – like, I think it was – two or three years ago when Pat was falling back and he slings a pass now it didn't get completed but like just watching him this far like from hitting turf and he slings it like 20 yards like I was like oh my gosh like he's in the matrix unreal right same thing watching Caleb sometimes yeah all right so then the last one score prediction this weekend oh that's so tough um 
I'll say this. I think the 49ers are going to win, but it's so hard to bet against Pat. Um, but I just think the 49ers are a complete team, uh, defense, offense. Um, and it's really hard to beat a good offense that has a good defense yeah. with it, right? Yep. Um, and and that's not saying that, that, like, the Chiefs don't too. But you just look at the 49ers roster, the guys they have. Like, I'm just like, that's a defense. Bro, they that, got a bunch that, of 99 Madden guys. Yeah, bro. that, like, guys, like, don't want to really – see so um, a score prediction let's I'm gonna keep it close I'm gonna say 24 to 21 49ers okay I got 27 21 Chiefs Michael Pittman Jr. is on the other side and I tend to feel uh, a little nervous about my pick now because this guy knows no. these teams well. So, <laughs> Michael Pittman Jr., great player. Uh, another great guest uh, over here by our beautiful Tacoma. He oh, signed yeah. the hood. That's it's a official. Right there. Dude, thank you so much for coming by and good luck. Thank you so much. Yeah, bro.